when people get too chummy people. with me, I like to call them by the wrong name. People to let them like know I don't really care about them. That's a genius. People, people like, like games. games. What's up? And welcome to episode 70 of People Like Games. I'm Solo. And I'm Lilo. And if you don't know by now, shame on you and your family. It is the best damn podcast in the gaming industry. Trademark, trademark, trademark. Pew, pew, let's go. You know who it is, a.k.a. Lisquad, Squad, a.k.a. The Junto. I can't decide between which one to choose, so I'm just going to decide to choose both. Anywho, uh, we just want to take a quick moment before we get into things to say thank you to everyone who came out to the Sunday Fun Day tournament. Uh, thank yeah. you to the Microsoft Store at Walt Whitman Shops uh, for help hosting, giving out prizes, and uh, partnering with us. And mm-hmm. we look forward to working more with them in the future. And we also have a, a, a few more things up our sleeves for the coming month. And stay tuned uh, on a couple of... Oh, what a transition. Oh, hey, to the social channels to find out more information. So from the top, Twitter, at people like games is a handle. It's up, find out information, so on, so forth. At Lilo PLG to find Lilo. At What's up? Bezos PLG to find Bezos, who eventually will find his way more on the show, but eventually. And now for my Twitter handle, non-existent because I still haven't gotten around to it and I probably will eventually <laughs> anywho it you should can be also like the, f- uh, the the joke what is it this is like Matt Damon and Jimmy Kimmel that's the same <laughs> kind of joke that's what we're running here <laughs> it's just been so fucking long it's gonna and be since what, like episode 2 when you first mentioned that you were gonna do it for PLG part of me thinks I'm not allowed to make one anymore but mm-hmm. let us know people like games. Uh, and you can find this show that you are listening to on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Podcasts, whatever they're doing, SoundCloud, Stitcher, etc. Basically everywhere, but the title, which we'll get to eventually. Uh, here we go. Yes. We're just keeping it in uh, symmetry, apparently, with our words today. Keeping consistent. Also, you can find us on Reddit our backslash people like games that's not all we got and now i'm gonna kick it over to lilo for a little bit of the talk baby table contents uh this is gonna be sound cue talk life <laughs> just kidding it's not actually but i thought that was funny so uh so the table contents gives you the rundown of what you can expect for this particular podcast episode we're obviously starting off with the quick scope that's the quick scope of the industry of this past week of the 20th when you're listening to this episode and then those are the stories that um 
we want you to hear that you should hear and there's a lot of big news to come out of the gdc we'll be covering that a little bit later uh follow up in quick scope with our plg kingdom hearts review baby kh3 um I'm just super excited because we talked at length about this game for so long and we finally got the opportunity to beat it. Solo beat it before me, yes, he's gonna tout that. He's gonna claim to fame that. But I did just beat it and so it's fresh in my head, ready to uh, give you all my thoughts. And so we'll do the same, then follow that shit up with our final lap. This episode is gonna be wrapping up with some news that dropped out of GDC. It's a topic that we are excited to cover because it relates to something else, more so the Netflix of games, who the big fish are. Well, one of these fish in the sea have dropped, really they've dropped their anchor and they're, they're parking their bus in the ocean, the ocean of games. That's what they're doing. Yeah, that was, that was terrible. Anyway, that's all I got. So now, Solo. If you're ready to do this, we gonna start the quiz scope. And that is the ring of the bell. It's quick scope time. And for a second week running, we are going to keep Pokemon Go on the top of hey. said list. Hey. This is coming out of the Game Developers Conference, which is going on this week, and happened to be a Con, uh, conversation or presentation rather on Pokemon Go's decision uh, to introduce PvP and the way they wanted to create it, uh, the battle system in a way to appeal to a lot of the players that happened to go away after the initial surge because there was a, there's a long running joke of Pokemon Go was great in 2016 when it came out for the first two weeks and then it faded but it yep. really has built itself into something that you know i play it often and at no point do i have to spend money to be able to enjoy it and i think that's to greatly to their credit and you know with the battle system they ended up designing it not in a turn-based way but instead in raids and boss battles you're able to attack and then side right, right, right. to dodge in the actual player uh, PvP battles, you basically have the option of using a shield twice. So if you're using three Pokemon, you can block two attacks. That's your whole. Oh jeez. Yeah. That's and it. So it's oh, an interesting gamble. It adds a tactical element to it. And it's like rock paper scissors essentially. Like it's like block attack out of dodge. I don't even know. It's not really. So if you change, if you switch Pokemon, so if you switch out Pokemon, then you have to wait. So there's like a timer out. So like, say you're okay. like stuck in a bad situation and you know, a disadvantage or a fire there or water it makes sense to mm -hmm. pause out. But you know, it's curious. Uh, you know, it did get a lot of people to start playing and it mm -hmm. gave a reason to actually catch Pokemon and level them up. And so Dude, they're going to do something good with Harry Potter. I hope. That's all I've got. Oh, man. And that's yeah, what I'm going to end that with. Magic touches. And, Magic you know, touches, baby. It's just, uh, you know, really great to see, uh, you know, something, you know, uh, uh, the ability to try to get something from, you know, the past. Blast from the past, baby. Yo, that is a perfect segue for the next story that we got covered. Uh, this initially was going to be the end of Quickscope, but we had to push it up because we switched some things around. Long story short, you're getting the best news early, and that is Lucasfilm 
as you know, LucasArts in general was acquired by Disney and back in 2012. They sold for a couple billion dollars. And uh, one man by the name of George Lucas got very fucking rich. Well, back in 2012, Disney decided, hey, they're going to close down LucasArts. And LucasArts was the developer for all those wonderful fucking Star Wars games that you love to see. Um, EA has held the rights for Star Wars since then, but they've only released two games, and those are the Battlefronts that we know of. And um, this leads people to believe that Disney is not necessarily happy with EA's performance and what they're doing with Lucasfilm. So, in the past few days, Disney has posted job descriptions for new roles at, quote-unquote, Lucasfilm Games, baby. And these include producers, marketing coordinators, art directors, and other big roles in development for gaming. It looks like they're going to actually have a separate branch in the Asian territories as well. Um, this kind of relates to Kingdom Hearts because we wish fucking Star Wars was Kingdom Hearts knowing that Disney's yeah, owner of everything. But... I digress. So Lucasfilm Games was actually the forerunner to LucasArts before it became LucasArts. So it's like they're literally bringing a blast from the past, relating it back to the intro of this. And uh, yeah, I think this is truth. Like it's not a rumor. We're posting it because they have job postings out there. It's clearly about the gaming industry. The job descriptions all allude to future game development and someone who's very knowledgeable about what's going on right now. This is exciting. This is super exciting for us, especially since LucasArts made the best Star Wars games coming out of there. Coming out for the Star Wars world. Now that you have EA versus Lucasfilm, I mean, it's it's going to be it's going to be great. I think you're going to have two separate competitors in the Star Wars scene on the same market trying to vie for your attention and that's going to hopefully drive the games to be more creative and better. Better for the players. Fucking pumped. Super excited and uh yeah, podcast over. That's it. That's the end of it. Just kidding. <laughs> this uh, this is an enterprise that clearly has the possibility of spanning the world over as Star Wars is a global brand, right? And before I segue into our next story, I do want to say that Zombies Ate My Neighbors is one of the greatest games of all time on Super <laughs> you Nintendo. You mentioned that before. And it was uh, also created by the LucasArts gaming division. And so... Hopefully they bring that back. I tried to contact the developer or the, the, the lead game designer to come on the show when we had first started. Ooh. He didn't respond. And now, now on to a little bit of streaming talk because that's hot. And it's going to be very, very hot because it's heating up. Mm-hmm. And... In this case, NVIDIA GeForce, which, disclaimer, I've been using since October of last year, and it is incredible, uh, is going uh, global and is going to be uh, launching in Japan, South Korea, partnering uh, with data centers with uh, the companies SoftBank and LG U+. Basically, streaming is starting to scale and a company like nvidia is going to be at the top of the heap and geforce Mm -hmm. is just an example when i signed up it was just sort of free to get and then they sort of created a waiting list Uh, according to the ceo jensen huang the after just one year in beta the service has over three hundred thousand users and more than a million people on a waiting list which <laughs> Jesus. people wanting to um, capitalize on the low input latency extravaganza that comes with streaming, having other things do the processing. Yeah, like and uh, you know, <clears throat> it's going to be 
interesting as they get it better. It did have a, it does have the occasional hiccup, but that's going to be a case. That's, not, that's nothing surprising, but it's incredible. Right. And if you're on the waiting list, uh, hopefully you get off the waiting list and get a code because you know <laughs> you should be good. ahead of the curve like we are. Come on, peeps. I know. What are My you apologies. Doing? Get you you be in the situation where you ain't got the technology, so you got to figure out the technology. Right. So get it no streamings go ahead and no i was gonna say get it <laughs> what were you get gonna it. say yeah well uh, i was gonna say streaming is it's the next evolution in the gaming industry right like it's a global change in the market and that's a good global change i think but then there's also different types of global change that's a technological global change that could change the business model and sort of change the way consumers interact with the gaming medium i think there's other change like this next story that comes from internal to the gaming community that's important for us as people more with morals and like uh morality i don't even know what i'm trying to say right now long story short there's a new advocacy advocacy group called games for change that's launching an accelerator to provide funding, support, and guidance for developers who are making games and mixed reality products that are designed for social impact. It's a mouthful, but to break that down, this Games for Change Accelerator is a result of a collaboration between two investors and <clears throat> they on, specialize in I'm social impact. I was gonna pause you for that's what she said, but then it uh-huh. did not seem like the moment. So continue. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Uh, this is an awesome awesome development for the industry i'd say because you're having people look out for the social well-being of gamers and the impact that games have on society as a whole and the accelerator is going to admit two different quote-unquote cohorts whatever that means it's clearly undefined right now of developers each year who will work out of quakes capital new york offices with developers for a period of five months the support of the developers includes initial funding but also help finding partners help marketing strategy help with marketing strategy and assistance with future funding opportunities so they're trying to essentially develop a sense of community in the industry through developing games that make you think make you question the world around you and bring you closer together in general and i think this is an awesome idea awesome accelerator something that PLG is striving to do in separate areas via this podcast, but also via our community events that we're doing. Wink, 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 wink. Um, Yeah, I guess at the end of the day, this has the opportunity to make a global impact as well because every game that's developed has the ability to go into all markets. The market is global in gaming. Everyone around the world likes gaming and you could see a change through these games, and I think that's important. We want to curb this goddamn toxicity that we see in the uh, gaming industry, and so that's, this is just one way to do it. This is some people who are trying to get together and make a difference. It's fucking sweet. Super excited about it. You got anything, Solo? Uh, I, you know, very much believe that, you know, as gaming grows, it does have a uh, sort of societal obligation as well to be charitable. You know, I feel that with all growing industries, because as you increase money, you know, it may not be a, a mandatory thing, but it sort of should be a social ob- obligation of a nature. And so 
you know, an more, ethical responsibility per se. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, it's it's corporate responsibility would be yeah, as as you just said, would be an accurate phrase. And so, you know, here's hoping that there's more initiatives of that nature and more you know charitable uh, events, uh, you know, that can use gaming as a platform for better causes. Hey, but you know, now on to you kind of got what I said, but I'll, I'll I'll give it to you. I'll give you it know, to you. Our next story. <laughs> which is a little epic and that is because it's literally about epic games and Ooh. this is actually a little serious it had been accused so the story has sort of evolved originally started on march 15th uh a user on reddit basically created a thread that you know long story short the epic game store tried to access uh root certificates without a user's knowledge and basically it was related to uh, files that were specifically steam and so they were thinking that or according to the the user's thinking they were taking information from the steam profiles and then using it but you know this brought a response all the way. The thread was responded to by the executive vice president of engineering, Dan Vogel, just basically claiming that a result of the UI or the launcher's UI uh, web technology that's rendered through Chromium, that is the just basic normal web browser startup information. But according to uh, Sweeney himself, he said that it was actually a remnant left over from the rush to implement social features in the early days of Fortnite. So that's mm. sort of two contradicting pieces of information. And why they would be, you know, it, and it centers around the fact that you have the ability to import your friends, your Steam friends list into your Epic Games friend list. And so yes. that access key for users who don't, you know, explicitly agree to it is sort of illegal. It would be a word. And, you know, given Epic Games is owned predominantly by Tencent, which is Chinese, all your data is in Chinese government's hands would be the basic ending. That's a good point. That's yeah. a very good point. They Long have... story short, too late, oh, but... We tried. Chinese takeover imminent. That's that's imminent. the headline. That's the headline of this fucking story that we just covered. That's actually <laughs> fucking hilarious. Uh, fun fact: Apex Legends also allows you to link up your Steam friends with your Apex account. And yeah, I'm a fanboy of Apex. I'm sorry. Respawn, you got you got my money, man. Take my money. This is the fry meme. Take my motherfucking money. All right. You know who else is gonna take your money though? In gaming, this is probably out of left field that you weren't expecting, but. Anyone who uses social media, the youngins nowadays, I mean, I was a youngin too, I used it a fuck ton, but uh, every, everyone who uses social media understands the, uh, imp the platform Snapchat, okay? You've never heard of it? The spectacle you'll, company. You don't have a cell phone, right? It's ridiculous. ridiculous. I think it was called Casper when it first started, but Snapchat, it blew up. They are um, a force to be reckoned with, and Snapchat is apparently going to be releasing its gaming platform 
next month, actually within the next two weeks, which is insane. So this is a story that like Solo just covered uh, has is ever evolving. But according to Cheddar, the news website, the mobile platform game could see an, an official announcement as early as next month at the Snap Inc.'s inaugural content developer conference that's set to kick off on April 4th. So <laughs> apparently this next project is codenamed Project Cognac. That's what all the kids like. They like to drink the cognac, I guess. Um, we're going to see what the details are about this project, but the tagline for this project is called Less Talk, More Play. Is that gaming focused? I don't know, guys. Let's talk more play. What does that mean? What do you mean play? Snapchat actually has already implemented some games and I've played them before where you can send to your friends the little filters and it could be like bowling or it could be darts or it could be, um, uh, what's the, the one where you roll the balls and they have to go in the holes? Is that a fair? Help me out. Help me out. So I was going to move there. Snooker. Never mind. Oh, so I was going to move blanks there because our, our interwebs ain't working right Is now. That, that right? makes more sense. Yeah. Wait, that's right, the right uh, word? Either way. Uh, no, no. Snooker is on. It's a pool table game. Snooker oh. is how you play pool, but I'm, I'm talking more. Polo. Polo. No, not polo. <laughs> 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 all right. All right. Whatever. Either way, Snapchat, they're joining the gaming fray and they're actually going to be direct competitors with Facebook Messenger's Instant Games. It's sort of that same similar idea. The games are not going to be in-depth or anything like that, but they will allow you to socialize with your friends and play games while face-to-face -face with them. And I think that's that's a pretty cool idea, but also kind of ridiculous. This this gaming market, man, it's yes. getting saturated. Be, be prepared it, to finally make use of your spectacle, which, you know, if you're not aware, when... They you became good? a global Excuse company. Me, when you say spectacle, what do you actually mean? Because I don't even know what you mean. What's spectacle? You don't you, you don't know what Snapchat spectacle is? No. Is it like live stream, like Periscope? Like, is that what you mean by spectacle? Or do you mean spectacle as in like a monocle spectacle? The like the actual... You're wearing glasses. Spect like the, 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 the... Remember the Snapchat spectacles, the glasses they made that you're able to use to be able to use Snapchat? Yeah. Oh my God, you're talking yeah. about the actual and, things and they sent you. And look at them. You. They, oh, they actually filed no, when they no, went no. public as like a glasses company, like... Now they're trying to make a gaming platform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. You should have got. You should have accepted Facebook's you, offer. Yeah. Anyway, now Jesus on to Christ. a little bit of. That's right. Your favorite company, the ever-present. It's ten hey. cent time. But in this case, Unity has partnered with Tencent uh, to support the Tencent cloud in hopes that it can figure out a way to start getting into the Chinese gaming market, which is gigantic. Uh, and they are partnering together to bring a little game to mobile that we'll be covering as the final story in the quick scope here. So I'm gonna pause without claiming that, but it is a good idea. Uh, for them, Unity is a, an extremely popular game engine over here, but I also think just sort of mm -hmm. like films as well, to a degree, the popular 
villains from here are exported there and the games from here. You know what I mean? The exports are sort of reversed at the moment. So if it can create a, a, create a good dynamic sure. you know, Chinese gaming market, I'd love to see that as well. But, you know. They got some stuff internal that hasn't come out, to be honest. But, like, Heroes of Valor, but direct it, copy a, of any MOBA that you see. It's always, it a, like, sort there, of a like copy. Kind of so that's what I'm saying. So there's nothing directly created over there that has become massively successful here. And and I think... Right. From yeah. China specifically, yeah. I don't know. And if yeah. we're wrong, please... That's a good point. That's a good people point. At games as a handle. Hit us up. Let us know. They'd How like, could you, you not know? You haven't played Solitaire and, and Mahjong? No, and no, it they doesn't make, count just because a Chinese company owns a majority percentage of an American, of a country, of a company from a different country that happens to make the game. You know. Good point. Shout yeah, out to Overwatch teams. Okay. <laughs> hey. Hey. Uh, but, hey. Uh, you know, All right. different places, different folks, different strokes seems to be the case. <laughs> different strokes, different folks, different places. I just reversed what he said. I'm still confused. Now, uh, he brings up a good point. Different people in different places like different things. And this is important in that uh, this is reflected actually in our personal viewership of certain esports titles. Okay. So the ne- next story kind of flows seamlessly with that idea and that um, there is distinct evidence of different people across the world focusing on esports in a different light and one one community might be growing while another is sort of stagnant and what i'm talking about specifically is the league of legends championship series or as you know um there's the lcs in north america and then there is the league of legends european championships which is lec over in europe so these two leagues have been going on for a while but some numbers came out of their Twitch viewership that show one is growing, the other one is not. And this is uh, what's really interesting. So with this story, I'm going to get into some of the nitty gritty. I, I just want to give you some numbers, but if it's too much, I'm going to TLDR at the end. So live coverage of the LEC on Twitch Friday and Saturday, this past weekend, by the way, averaged 86.1K concurrent viewers, adding up to 1.15 million hours watched for the weekend. 1.5 million hours watched in a weekend understand that a weekend is probably for lcs stuff or lec stuff like what 12 hours maybe of streaming stuff anyway those viewership figures match the league's continued trend of growth from last year so in 2018 the league actually averaged 59.4k totaling 710.9k hours watched during the same week so they went up about 20k in concurrent viewers and they went up about 400,000 hours watched all right that's the lec the lcc LCS actually started one week later than the LEC this year, so the timing isn't perfect. And so the statistics found on the EF Sports Observer, um, they overlaid a comparable or comparable weekend, right? The LCS this weekend averaged 111.9K for the CCV, and uh, they uh, had a total of 1.4 million hours watched. Apparently, in week eight, of the LCS last year covered in March 10th to 11th, which is the same week as this year. But like I said, the LCS started a week later. So it's week nine for LEC, but week eight for LCS. Either way, last year, they actually had the same exact amount of concurrent viewers, 111.9K. 
with a total of 1.3 million hours watched. That's very, very similar. Long story short in this aspect, LEC has shown significant growth and it's catching up to what North America is. However, North America is showing no growth from last year. It's actually the exact same as it was. What does this mean and does this bode well for the industry? Well, it's clearly growing. So the numbers overall have grown. Um, that's a factor of several things, including getting digital mediums out. And in Europe, there's actually more viewer websites that are partnered with Twitch. So Twitch itself has far reaching fingers across the European nations, right? But in America, we're pretty much just watching Twitch. That's, that's where you're gonna find it or on Riot itself. Um, that being said, in North America, it's interesting that like, there's no, literally, I think they topped out. Like that's actually it. That might be it, unless they do something else. If there's, unless there's reruns or they change the organizational structure and the competition structure or something like that. It, it is what it is. So um, interesting facts, important to note, TLDR, Europe's European <laughs> Europe is growing in the esports industry according to MOBAs and Riot statistics. North America is seeing stagnation. And stagnation I apologize nation. if I sound like I'm That's eating something, but TLDR. I am. And it's delicious. So <laughs> we just heard no, you that, opening that gets, stuff. No big will, deal. That gets edited out. It is the Yeah, yeah. We're we're clean here. You're Ooh. not even gonna hear me opening the bag of cookies, but you're you're going to hear me eating it because that's how we roll here. I like it. I like it. Wait, it's cookies. Samoa, kind of cookies shout out Girl Scouts. But there we go. Girl Scout Nation, baby. Girl Scout Nation. Army thinks that, um, you know, just to wrap up that topic, just to wrap up that topic, that um, Europe and, uh, or Europe as a whole, UK included in that, even though they don't want to be, uh, or Britain in particular, uh, that happens to be more of a competitive gaming scene. And so something like League of Legends popularity as gaming's popularity increases as a whole makes sense over there. Whereas I think gaming sales and console sales are increasing here in America. Whereas as much as we're establishing esports and it's getting big, I think it's a big market. I just still think it's yet to... I don't think League of Legends is a game that's going to penetrate the U.S. market. Does that make sense? Too much, too much strategy. But I mean, there's a lot of strategy. It I'm, is I'm, the U.S. market. To the, to, they to, to do the significantly well, but in Asia, other countries sure. are, are going to see. I'm curious to see if it keeps growing in China. But lastly, to tie this all up with our finale, a little kickback to the game I was just teasing. Activision has partnered with Unity which I partnered with Tencent to bring Call of Duty to mobile, announced at the GDC this week as well. It is going to be a 5v5 uh, game, multiplayer, with a couple of famous maps, uh, including Nuketown, Crash, and Hijacked from Modern Warfare and Black Ops. It's about time that Call of Duty entered the mobile market, I am wildly curious to see how much money they're going to be able to make and how good the game actually is. Uh, regardless of the quality loaded. of the game, it always seems this. like people want to buy it. And so the mobile, I'm sure, even if it's... Yeah. It's like the foremost shooter. So yeah, for it's sure. crazy. Uh, I'm excited. 
you can sign up for the uh, waiting list on coldutymobile.com, I believe. Check it out. I'm gonna see, I'll get it if it's free. Otherwise, catch me playing Pokemon Go and Harry Potter. Shout out to Niantic or sponsor us. Or hey. actually, don't no, sponsor us. Just send me some like free Pokemon Go stuff in game. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I don't want Pokemon Go well, stuff. Yeah, I want you know, fucking Harry Potter When the time Potter comes stuff. for that, to know. Like, I know you guys got a big waiting list, but yeah, slide us up. Yeah. Anywho, yeah. that's all we got for you in terms of industry news for the week or thus far in the week. I'm going to kick it over to uh, Lilo here as I eat my cookie, continuing to introduce our next segment. That's right. It is not... Lilo, but solo as well today in Double Down. Yes. Double Down with the sound. Hey, it's a PLG. So excited. Review. Legendary. Of Kingdom Hearts 3. (laughs) 14 years in the making, really. And where to even begin? Because part of me thinks that for you as a listener, it would have been wise for us to have pre planned this. But another part of me. Did not want to hear anything he had to say until we got here, so that it's fresh for everyone involved. So, Lilo, because you beat it, it most recently, off the top, structure our convo. It's fresh. Where are we doing this? How are we starting this? All right. I got you. I'm going to start with my pros, okay? The things I definitely love. I'm then going to go into my cons. Okay, I'm going to tell you what I well, fucking hated you. about the game because I, I actually did. And it's, it's, it's rare that I fucking hate some things, but I fucking hated things. And then, so like those things I'm going to touch on, are, I liked pros, cons I disliked or fucking hated, things I loved, things I definitely, definitely fucking hated, things that stuck out, things I didn't care for, and then I'll... Yeah, that was memorable. That was definitely memorable. (laughs) And then uh, things I wish it had, right? We got to end up with what I think it was missing and overall reactions. So it's a lot of things, but I'm going to go run through them real quick. So feel free to chime in whenever. Granted, we can back and forth. I will, honestly, I will prompt you so that when it's your turn, I'll just ask you about these next things and you just, you give us the rundown. So first things first, worlds and visuals were absolutely fucking stunning as soon as i played the game the first thing i texted solo was like holy shit it looks so good this is fucking amazing right absolutely fucking amazing it's the next generation of graphics we played on ps2 like that makes sense to me obviously but i guess i wasn't prepared mentally for how good it would feel and see everything was smooth seamless like some of these worlds were astounding and i mean astounding like i thought i was watching the movie while playing the game you're playing toy story and you think you're watching the fucking movie which is insane pirates of the caribbean was by far the best i don't care what solo has to say that like it was unreal the amount of effort put into smoothing out that whole thing so amazing um toy story definitely was up there for me as well as olympus jumping into the game that's the first world you see not really a spoiler because that's what you see in the trailers like that was cool number two combat fucking rocked i definitely think the action was smooth and seamless just the way i remember playing the game like we rolled through when sol and i beat it in three days like we rolled through and just crushed people used the magic did the form changes did whatever and that was on you know kingdom hearts 2 they 
didn't really lose a beat in terms of combat here. They had a new thing called flow motion, which is enabled, like enabled verticality. You could do more moves vertical and horizontal, like do some weird things about spinning around poles and shit, but I never really used it. Also, they had blocking and stuff, which we knew about, but I also never ever blocked. I don't know if you did solo, but I did not block at all. Just recoveries and I used magic. You know, I recovered in midair if I had to, and then I used magic to kill everybody. Because that was one of the things I picked in the beginning. Are you, do, you, are you, um, do you have more cons? Go ahead. Go ahead. Jump in. So not. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. I'm not I'm, even I'm done. All right. All right. Keep man. going. Keep going. Done. I did it. <laughs> Go on. No, no, right. Keep going. Focus keep going. was OP. Focus was OP. Okay. Sorry. Focus was OP. Disney rides were definitely fun. And I realized that it's literally every Disney ride in Disney Kingdom that they put in. So, like, you see in the trailers, you're riding a roller coaster. Like, what the fuck is happening? But now I get it why they did it. Uh, definitely love the first and second forms. The Gundams were amazing. Nostalgia bomb overall. Fun to see the characters again. Donald and Goofy, I feel like are my boys. I, I never really respected them before, but like I love them. I don't know. They're like playing with playing with you is just it was fun. Um, the world's revisiting all the characters. Like I had a great big of nostalgia. It was like a big hit. But cons. Let's uh, get to the cons. How, I, how, I go one, pros first. And now. No soul is gonna agree. Sure, sure. That, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yes. Yes, visually. I'm still so visually amped, as you can very tell. beautiful. Oh, so amped. extremely beautiful. Um, Unreal. Unreal. I actually this is difficult because I'm gonna be I bounce back and forth between pro and con, so I'm gonna keep going pro. The battle system again so improved wildly, like it was that seamlessly and that fun, enjoyable experience. Um, right. You just feel, you felt just like you were flying around. Like you pressed triangle and, next, but it was cool. You know, I really yeah, love that. I really enjoyed how the magical uh, upgrade system, or, or how the uh, how the the mapping of the system worked, where you could customize the slots and then you could rotate between three different uh, yeah. presets yeah. for your magic. I gotcha. And that was good. Of, and yeah. so it made okay. access to like items on the occasional battle easier because otherwise you'd be stuck, you know, using D pads. So that was an interesting innovation I haven't seen in a lot of games uh, to have like the scrollable right. multi screen like that. Uh, and then. Presets? Yeah, I gotcha. You know, I thought the. So the, the Keyblades just look gorgeous, you know. It was so cool. All the magic so cool. looked incredible. And shit like that you know, too. I can't say oh, enough man. about it visually, but yep. you know, I I loved it. I, I thought it was really enjoyable. I thought, you know, I thought I think it's time to get to the con segment. To be frankly honest, and then I can mix it. <laughs> I'm gonna start with my cons. <laughs> right, you start right. off with the cons. You start off with the cons. Uh, I thought, you know, because I I know what I know what your primary con is going to be. So I'm gonna leave that one for you. And so for me, a couple of them were okay. You know, the you you start off with way too many abilities off the bat, which makes the game a little bit odd in its setup. Then when you're, you know, defeating enemies, you get a lot of elements. So I guess, you know, they sort of prioritize want you wanting you to synthesize items, but at the same time, what's the point of the money? You never fucking synthesize yeah, that. Like, like, like you never do. Yeah, I'm just like, why, why, why don't you give me the ability to just like sell all of that to him? Let him like synthesize that shit. You know, the right? minimal amount of things that's, that you can sell for money is, is sort of stuff. a joke. Uh, I thought, you know, the, right? you know, 
uh, let's see where else so the, the story I'm we're not even I'm not even gonna complain about the story because I'll be honest I I just tell you, I will I had to rewatch it and I beat the game last week because it's just an inane fucking right? story at this <laughs> point so that makes no sense uh, and oh, as yeah. much as I love Kingdom Hearts I think the fact that you know, no I'll get into that the story was inane uh, I thought you know. I, what else? No. Now you. Now you. Now you drop in a few here, so I can structure mine a bit better. All right. Well, you're saying the story. I'm going to take it one step further, right? With the story, you have no idea what's going on. Even if I like literally watched five or six different 30 minute YouTube videos to understand the story coming in. Okay. So I thought I was ready, and then I try to fucking watch this thing, and there's just so many cutscenes. So, so many, many fucking cutscenes. I wanted to like start off with that, and I got so lost in oh having to start with pros that like so many fucking cutscenes is the only line I kept saying. I love all of this shit, but I don't love it enough for Dude, every two fucking seconds. If you, what is the gameplay to fucking right? cutscene ratio? It takes you out of the combat. The immersion. The gameplay to cutscene ratio. So what? Oh, it's, it's, like 50, 50. 50. it's literally fifty-fifty. Honestly, like. It's insane, and that's never supposed to happen. Like, it's not a story game. It is a story game. It's more like a battle game, and, like, you should learn the story while you battle. If they did real-time battle and not cutscenes, great. I learned, though, in the reviews, and this is sort of a segue, but, like, same along the same lines, when you're doing licensing agreements and you're doing the cutscenes, you have to do cutscenes because they need to have a story fleshed out to keep you in the loop and understanding because they didn't do anything real-time while you're battling because you are... It's too chaotic when you're battling. It's so much fun, yeah, but you're obviously but not paying on, attention on, to anything because related. That, that's a problem so to me as well because like, what ended up happening was in the first two Kingdom Hearts games, this is something we've discussed as well, which is in the other games, the world that you would enter would already have uh, its own sort of self, you know, a, self-occurring mechanism going on and you would drop into this into the middle of their story in this game each and every time it felt like you started and it you know at the beginning beginning of of their story and actually funny enough cutting to what you said which you know i i love monsters inc the most and i i love monsters inc is my favorite pixar movie but it was it, it was tough to love the level because i could not get over the fact that it was sort of like a you know the fucking baby. I I never thought I'd actually hate the little girl from Monsters Inc. And in the end, I'm like, yo, just fucking get her out of here. Why the fuck is she in the middle of this battle? Oh, yeah. yo, watch out for her, protect her. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. What what oh part do you think God. this situation is going to get better moving forward? Uh, so that was right. a, that was right, stupid. Right, right. That was that annoyed the shit out of me. I want to say Pirates was my favorite just because the the. That was like the one of the most interactive maps, you know. The quality yeah. of the world and, was insane. Yeah. And you could do different things, like you could ride the ships yeah. to different worlds or different islands, rather. It, it, and it was the just, most was unique so much sort immersion. of gameplay element it it had since the Toy Story world when you're able to get into the mechs for the first time. And you're like, whoa! I didn't know I could do this in a Kingdom Hearts game. And then you know you play a little bit of the gameplay straight through. I missed the form changes from the second one, and that that sort of leveled I up. Totally I didn't like thing. that. Like if you didn't, if you, yep. I thought if you were able to level up the initial kingdom key, you would be able to unlock like the future changes. But the only other one that you can get uh, another form change for is the ultimate weapon, which 
Sorry, sorry, one eight trace. Yeah. Not worth the fucking time at all. Like I looked yeah, at that was, list and I was like, I tried to do the flan mission. 80, it wasn't worth you it. You need eighty emblems, and I was like, no. I got like four altogether. I ain't give a shit about that. Yep. And I still don't give a shit about that. But dude, one of the other things I hated is aside from the story, it, it goes along with story, but it's like every world they tried to make unique, and I get that. At the same time, there's some games that I just didn't want to fucking do, and some some things I didn't want to fucking play. And then even if you had those games, once you beat them, the story was the same, right? The end, the endless battles were always the same. You had the same battle rhythm. It's like you approach a problem, you fight a boss. Hey, Sora gets sad. The other guys cheer him up. You fight a boss again. How Sora's does someone happy, become a video game writer? That, that rinse, dialogue repeat. sucked. Rinse and repeat. Rinse and repeat. It was so stiff. And, it was so and stiff. What, and there had one no of the emotion. things, it was and weird. maybe it was like, just me. Uh, that I found odd was maybe it was the 3D was odd because part of me felt a little comfort and uh, in in figuring out how to you know sort of you know in the 2D world or the sort of cartoonish world of the first two games and so the crisp 3D-ness of it all sort of was a shock I was like wait a second I'm not going into the nightmare before Christmas world. I'm going into Tangled and you know the you know the other annoying level. What was that? That was the uh, the Frozen level. That was sort of the the fro- the bosses oh, okay, Frozen okay. boss, yeah, which yeah. we talk about, fucking pointlessly annoying, and you know very. It's just very difficult. Actually, and, very very difficult. Played on proud mode. That shit yeah. was. I was not proud at the end. I, I just definitely died. My little more cousin than I who was like, I think it was too easy. I played on easy mode though. I was like. No offense. <laughs> no <laughs> That's offense. That's all I said. <laughs> Screw your cousin. <laughs> That's ridiculous. I like, you no, played on easy ridiculous. though. You're playing this like, shit. Also, it's literally also, it's supposed you, to be the easiest game. You should have the game. option to upgrade the difficulty, like going up to like a twenty five percent into the game, because after a first couple of battles, I was like, Dude, "Oh wait, I want to go back in," but I had put in a few too many hours for myself to be like, "All right, I have enough time in my life to reboot this game solely for the fa- fact that I'm going to spend more hours having to fucking beat it." And very quickly, I sort of felt detached from it in the sense of the first two games came when we were younger and came in sort of succession. It was a succession of it, which is 2003, 2005. Like anything, if you have those two, unless when you have a cult classic like that, and then you have like the 10 year waiting period, or in this case, 14 years, whatever necessarily comes out would have been exciting or disappointing. If not for the fact that in between they released six games and the storyline of this game was primarily the six games that neither of us played but waited patiently for it. So if yeah. this game had come out in 2007, eight, it would Seven, it would have been incredible. Whatever. 2009, yeah. 2010, anything but this late and this sort of detached from the original storyline, which they tried to tie it back into the original right. characters we're, we're pretty heavily, you know, as a way to circle it back around and bring yeah. the new characters into the original plot line. And they did their best of trying to explain it, but... At one point, they at one point, I never want story. in my they fucking did. life have to hear Mickey talk for extended periods. 
would be a basic premise. Uh, I, I would give it annoying. a 7.5 to 8 out of 10. Was that what are you like giving nostalgia factor or whatever? Like, I honestly, I would give it a 7. I, I would give, I would give point 0.5 of that to, to nostalgia. And that I would say 7, 7.5. 7. I wouldn't go to 8. 7.5, and the point 0.5 is for the fact that it's. Yeah, eight's like a pretty decent no. game. This wasn't like the best. Seven's game. fair. I, I, was, I liked I will, it. It, it I liked accurately it is a seven, and I'll give it a point five simply because it was Kingdom Hearts, and I expect them to release another right. game within within Dude, four years that will actually be great. And I really hope they reboot the storyline. I hope they fucking listen to the people's gripes, and this gets into another final lap topic that I want to talk about at length, but like some of my gripes are just like quality of life things that you were just talking about before you mentioned i wish i could sell all my items at once that'd be awesome i wish i can go into the inventory and mark everything as red it's one of those situations where if you have ocd you have to see every item you ever get otherwise you have that stupid mickey symbol that's stuck up in your menu because oh i haven't read the journals oh i haven't read this just let me mark them all as red and that's it i don't care about them i don't need to read them and then the gummy ships. That's what That's I was going to bring up and I left it thoroughly to you. Completely <laughs> useless. Completely useless. This is the whole mode. Just, you could literally cut it out because they didn't do anything original. It wasn't fun. And the controls were the Amen. fucking worst. I am and actually getting aggravated thinking about too, it because. What the fuck's the point of that? Oh my God. What's the point of wasting all that time developing mini games that you wasted time on the actual game? Yeah. No, oh, just the mini the games, games on your gummy you're phone. You're about yeah. games, not the gummy phone. The fuck's the point yeah, of developing that like, when yeah. you have an underdeveloped actual game? That's a case of yeah, side projects. No. I'm, Dude, I just wish. I'm curious what worlds were considered. I'm curious why they did not choose to include any Marvel or, uh, or uh, Star Wars universes. Granted, none of them would have made sense, but... They got into licensing you know, issues. That would make sense. Read that. They, the director said, "Why these worlds? Licensing these issues aren't the and beloved what, worlds already... of the first two games. Just... These are randomly assorted, probably licensing based." That's a, Disney wanted more of their projects involved, but not the ones that they already had given the rights out to. Like no, Star no, no Wars, what I mean no is even within the realm of these Say, games, I'm curious. Whatever. No, no, I, I got you. I would rather go see. Uh, just, there should have been a ratatouille just, world. Why am I making my food that I can c- consume once every fucking three days? Whatever. There was a there was a lot of expectation, and that game ended with me literally just sort of skipping cutscenes because I was like, I want to go, go play something else, but this game is going to weigh on my. This needs to get finished at one point or my soul. a fucking other, and so you know. Lilo made his grind yeah. last last night, and yeah. I literally did it. And over it's the a weekend. fucking grind. Fucking he's like, he it. got he got to the graveyard, and it he texted me. He's like, grind. "How long do you think uh, I got left to play?" I was like, "Probably like three hours. Probably a conservative number. Probably end up playing four or five hours." <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. More. It, was it was fucking four, miserable. Four I was, I was just like, like "When? When? When? When?" And so. Dude. There not the, not the that, okay. sign of the yeah, a great game. The <laughs> Just that's one hundred percent true. Two things I want to remark on: one, the ability to skip cutscenes. That is a quality of life thing in games that I appreciated. I skipped so many scenes. Amazing addition because they know they had a fuck ton. Thank 
you god yeah, you saved agreed. years off my life i would stop playing if that wasn't an battles, option i swear to god while repetitive right seriously uh while the final battles i actually thought they were kind of cool they were definitely fun but they were definitely very repetitive the coolest final battle had to be when there's this whole matrix-esque scene where Sora jumps up to the front and he has to block a whole bunch of heartless coming at him in like a big spear bomb type dbz method and you get to press triangle this whole time you're pressing triangle like a hundred times right like 150 200 times but if you look at the menu the the names are PSN or I think they whatever just got people game who, or whatever who version on the game on. battle tags. That's that's why I think so too. I, I think it's their IDs, their PSN IDs, whatever they are. And it was such a cool aspect. I like that a lot. You're incorporating the keyblades, quote unquote, of the people who have either helped develop the game or have beaten the game, and you're using them. And I was like, that's a cool scene. Like that felt cool to me. Other than that, though, fuck, it took four F. And in good news, I'm now playing Mario Rabbit, and that game is fucking great. Yeah. Dude, you can do a review of that. It's genuinely an enjoyable game, so if you missed out on the sale, suck for you, because there's only 20 bucks, and that's 67% off, and that seems like a steal. Uh, Because I would not have paid $60 for that game, but I would pay the other amount for it. Yeah, 20 bucks. 20 20 bucks bucks is fair. Now I'm going to get Final Fantasy IX. That would be 20 bucks fair. Uh, then I'm gonna get uh, uh, Sekiro. Uh, yeah. Sekiro does twice. You're gonna be so no, upset. dude. I played Tenchu. So like upset. I played those games. I, I was you, the I'm... one who demanded samurai games. I will play a stealth game if it's samurai. Dude, Dark Souls. I will not play a stealth game if I'm fucking Snake. It's, it's no. not necessarily a stealth game. I, that's why. Like it's not a stealth. <laughs> game. It's a hard game. It's you're you're gonna be like yeah. surprised. It's fucking I'll be hard. Fine. But I'm I excited. For it anyway, like I said, uh, relative disappointment, uh, a sort of fun at times, excitingly mediocre. Kingdom Hearts 4, baby, <laughs> waiting for KH4. Facts. Bring it out, anyway, let's go. Now, for a little quick, that's right, you know that sound. Final lap, we are going what to do up? a quick hot take. Or a few quick takeaways, rather, would be the more accurate way to describe it. On sure, quick yeah, hot yeah, take is kind of a cold enough. takes on the GDC <laughs> announcement earlier today by Google of their new streaming platform thing called Stadia, which stupid name, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, it introduced something that very much built on what they teased back in October when they did a select invite list for Project Stream. I ended up getting chosen and gave it to Lilo because Lilo is our chief gaming officer, we like to say. Hey! Hey. And, uh, you know, gave it a test, reviewed it on the show. You can check it out. We'll link it on the Twitter as a reminder. Uh, And it's basically more or less the same thing. Uh, they did, you know, introduce... It's upscaled. It's upscaled, though. It's upscaled, it like, upscaled a like, so, like a motherfucker. So I guess, you know, one one question that I'm going to ask at the end after all of it, which is something no one's thinking about or no one's thought about just yet, but you have, you know, you know, quick takeaway is, one, it, it, it shows that consulus is potentially a future. 
I don't think it's necessarily not existent because by saying it's console, it's the Google Chromecast, which with which it runs on, is technically a console because you need something connected to it. So what? Who's to say it doesn't matter? Right. You, you yeah. Need and who's say it doesn't device. matter if it's a PS3 or whatever the case is? So you need something. Actually, you need more and so but yeah. I, I don't think gotcha. it ushers in a console's future. I think uh, it does make Google, depending on what publisher they partner with, uh, a player in the game. Two, I think uh, it does uh, seamless multi-device sort of uh, interplay. So you could start in one device and pick it up directly where you started on any other device, phone, mobile, tablet. Uh, yep. Yep. Pretty yep. much yep. how Netflix works. I think you know it, it very much liter makes literal the phrase Netflix of games because I don't think I've seen that anywhere else. I'm curious to see if that's only select games yeah. and be able to manage that with. Um, and then you know, three, I guess you know, you need an internet connection. <laughs> I mean that that was always going to be the I don't case know. exactly. That's the argument against it per se. That's the no, literally there, the only be, argument all right, against so it. So now what are your three if takeaways? Cuz I have one more, but I'm going to mention I it mean, after you say your three. See if you found it. See I right, don't have so three do per se cuz I didn't know we were going to do three. I'm just going to just takeaways in general. Um if we're talking technical measures okay um graphic processor units or the gpus harnessed inside the consoles that we know and love use this thing or rather there's a term to define how much processing power there is within the console and that is called teraflops all right for reference the ps4 pro has 4.2 teraflops right that's just a metric to say how much processing power it contains so that you can get the beautiful graphics that you know and love at a high frame rate, right? Xbox One X has more than the PS4 Pro and that's at 6.0 teraflops. Stadia, this new console-less device, and when I say device, console-less streaming service, is boasting a whopping 10.7 GPU teraflops. That's a fuck ton of teraflops, meaning Google is going to harness their servers and their data centers populated all over the United States and probably the world to handle the bulk of the processing power. When I say the bulk, I mean all of the processing power required to interact with the game to render the graphics. And then they're just going to send them over to you as long as you have a robust enough, I guess you'd say, internet connection. That's one takeaway. The graphic, the, the teraflops involved are actually astounding. Two, they fucking copied our two controllers and merged them into one. Just want to throw it out there. If you look at the Stadia controller, they revealed their um, their the design, I guess you'd say. It's like a white PS4 controller in the shape of an Xbox One controller. So an Xbox One controller has the joysticks off-centered, right? One is in the top left and one's in the bottom right. Now put those the same orientation as the PlayStation 4 controller, and that's the same thing. So they just merged the two, and I'm sure they got away with the patents somehow because it's Google and they can. Then three, the biggest takeaway was not within the story that they didn't cover. It was just, you have to understand that with this new console, it means there's going to be exclusives for this type of service, except there is no exclusive for the service because there's no game industry making games for Stadia. So while it is going to be on all platforms, new games are going to have to be developed, whereas the other consoles that we know and love already have first-party developers for them making original IP and 
content exclusive to those consoles. I think that's a huge takeaway. And we claim it could be the Netflix of games, but in reality, like the person who has the best foot forward for the Netflix of games is definitely Microsoft because they already have Game Pass out. They have a huge library and they're pushing Xbox Live to all their all devices around the world. Google is doing the same thing, but they don't have the games. I, that's the biggest thing. So I don't know. That's one of the things I'm, I'm expecting, right? I know they're making a console or uh, they have a developer studio and a publisher coming out. It's a first party game studio led by Jade Raymond, who is a Canadian developer, um, but or Canadian producer, I'm sorry, Canadian producer. She's been in the gaming industry for 20 plus years. Still, I want to see what games come out, right? Like it doesn't really matter if they're going to put fucking Minesweeper across all consoles. Great. I don't know. If it's Assassin's Creed, that's fucking sweet. I'm down with that. I think what we are going to see is Google partnering up with a whole bunch of publishers. Partnering up with publishers to get that AAA content flowing out there. Those are kind of my my three, seven cents. What's your fourth How point? much will it cost? That's on time. Ah, that's on, no that's the one yeah, thing they could downplay TBD. pretty quickly uh, that they didn't make any mention of. I would say it's like... Honestly, if it's a more robust and more powerful Chromecast thing, four to four to seven ninety nine, four ninety nine to seven ninety nine a month is my guess. Yeah, Google introductory pricing. Google is going to do that for introductory pricing, and then it ends up going to about eleven ninety nine to like fifteen nine. You're going to pay tiers, and oh, guess what? By the way, just a reminder: net neutrality is over, so you could get charged for throttling. Right, I thought you were, I thought you were talking about the the actual no, no, no. Chromecast no. itself. Yeah, you're talking about the service. Yeah. I got you. Okay, the service, yeah, but like I don't care about the service. Yeah. If it doesn't have fucking but games on play. Same right? thing with the fact that so you have to stream it and neutrality is over. So convenient. <laughs> Shout out to consoles. Yep. Anyway, uh, physical till I die, hey. and that's all we got for you for this week. We got a lot cooking, I suppose, would be the best way to put it. We do. Uh, Next week, man. You probably should have said that on the top, but whatever. Surprise. We are doing, probably just plug it on Twitter. We are doing the book review. Lilo's choice for this one. Significant Zero. Significant Zero by Walt Williams. We hopefully will have him on the show. If not, by next week's episode, hopefully within a respectable time frame so as to make his yeah <laughs> Wait, what's this, what is this guy on the show for so you don't forget so, his name <laughs> what is, what I know what is, you're thinking why don't you just wait the two to do the review until you get the interview and to which I will say suck it we forget things yeah right we forget things too he, so we need recency okay, we just need recency. to roll it out because uh, we got some very okay. special things coming your way and thanks again yeah, to do. everyone who showed yeah, out sure. for Microsoft event shout out Bezos for the video work on the Insta which oh shit I gotta I gotta plug the Instagram now too at some Posting? point at Instagram at Instagram at people at games you know the deal uh, merchandise <laughs> shop coming soon at people uh, people at games.com live too now hey we out here and now we're out of here peace
And we actually had to re-record this shit because I accidentally... He ended too soon. Uh, he ended too soon. Ended too soon because we're going to do this with tradition so much so that we literally went back and re-recorded right. this. Now, over to Lilo. Take us home. Oh, yeah. I get my uh, two seconds, and this is what I'm going to use my two seconds for. Appreciate everyone coming out. Microsoft event. Obviously, it was a big success for us. We had age ranges, young and fucking old, which is pretty sweet. Also, I hear... Oh, shout out Newsday. That's what I was going to say. Thank you. Shout out Newsday for uh, coming over there, covering the whole event, the five hours that they were there. We got a couple uh, videos up on Newsday.com if you want to look at PLG there and Microsoft Store. It's great. And... um, yeah, I think Solo, Beezus, and Zemo, they need to uh, work on their, their game, the Microsoft game uh, Rocket League you know, skills. I heard they got worked. Yeah, they got seriously. Worked. It's like they got seven oh, hung up goodness. on them. Brazil, rookies. baby. Brazil up in here. 7-1. Uh, at the end of the day, Brazil. Appreciate, Bye, Brazil. appreciate you listening. And stay tuned. Keep your eyes peeled on the Instagram, on the Twitter, on the Reddit. We'll be dropping some news for you soon for the upcoming months because you know we like to surprise you. So with that being said, adieu. Boys.